With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we are back uh, and better than ever on another episode of the Anonymous Eagle podcast. My name is Patrick Leary, joined by Sam Newberry. Uh, and Sam, um, I don't know how you experienced Selection Sunday, but um, I, when the Marquette's opponent was revealed, I had my head in my hands on, the, on a bar at the bar where I was watching it at um, and just sort of winced because I knew what was coming. Um, it was nice and predictable based on how it was the last region revealed um, but I knew it was coming um, and when it hit I think I just sort of ducked my head further into my hands on the bar because um, it's, uh, it's not what you want it's not what you want um, it's not what you want at all because <laughs> it's like if you're gonna be a five seed um, which we weren't sure Marquette was going to be I suppose but once it you was did, clear, you did call it. I did, but I, but I didn't. Do you feel? Do you yeah, feel good yeah. about it though? No, I don't. I really wish they'd been a six. There's a lot easier paths for six out there than sixes out there than the one they got as a five. Um, but yeah, I know it was just like, um, you. It was like watching a slow motion train wreck, because it was like. Once it got down to the last region and the bracket matrix was doing a nice job of live updating, like which teams were in the field and which teams still hadn't been called. And it was like very clear looking at the list that it was going to be Marquette as a, as a five against Florida state as the four. And it was just like, it, it was like all of the nightmares of, that our last podcast where I was just, just kind of running through things that I would like and things that I wouldn't. Um, it was all that come true in a selection show. And I don't know. It, it was just brutal. Um, I don't, I guess. So we'll start with that. Uh, do you agree? I don't know you, when we, when I texted you pretty quickly after I was sort of, it was it was sort of the opposite of our typical dynamic. Um, I was sort of dead to the world, and you were more re- reasonable and rational, and be like, "Oh, let's wait and see. Let's make sure this is so bad." Yeah. Um, um, I mean, I, my initial reaction on Twitter was, "Oh God, that's brutal." Um, yeah. Especially because the sixth seed in our region is Buffalo, and they're seeing the winner of Arizona State St. John's. Um, I mean, dear God, please. I know that we couldn't have played St. John's until the uh, second round, question mark? I don't, I, don't, I don't exactly remember how that all works. But um, just seeing that be the sixth seed, and you can, especially because you got kind of everything else you wanted in this region. I mean, Texas Tech is a brutal three. But if you beat Tech, we, you, you have sort of that consensus, you know, like the two seed we thought we wanted if we were going to be a six in Michigan. Um, yeah. You know, you you sort of saw the the line Marquette would have had had they been the six. Um, instead, you know, you get a top five NBA pick, drawing comparisons to Russell Westbrook, and yeah, sure the the team itself isn't incredible, um, and you you can see how Marquette can beat them. But then you have to turn around two days later and play the the most miserable matchup we could have possibly drawn on this seed line in Florida State. Um, so, and we didn't even get lucky enough to be like, oh yeah, you know, this is all happening, but it's in Des Moines or it's in Columbus or something. Like, yeah, it's in Hartford. That's not yeah. great. Yeah, it's a, it's a hike. It's um, not what you want. No. 
the no, good thing is that we might market ha- might have some additional fans here and there for that because uh, we're playing in the same pod that uh, Villanova is in. Mm. So it's Villanova, St. Mary's, Purdue, and Old Dominion um, in a different region. But um, you know, maybe Villanova will be kind enough to uh, send us a couple cheers. And I know that um, you know we won't. I won't. So I'm flying out to Boston, and then we're renting a car and driving to Hartford. Um, and then I know that I won't be there on Friday to cheer on Nova, but maybe some of the Nova fans will have bought thursday friday tickets so well, who knows? doesn't it work no it's just the one day so you get like so like yeah. we get the two games we get Florida yeah but State aren't the aren't the the games in the in the sites on the same day i feel like that's how it usually works it's like thursday two in the morning two in the afternoon kind of deal maybe not um, i think that's how it usually works Oh yeah, no, you're right. So yeah, yeah, I guess I guess we will get to see. Uh, yeah, you stick Well, you got to get separate tickets to to it, but oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah so, so they do them in sessions, the... but it's still on the same day if you wanted to hang out. Yeah, maybe maybe we'll look into that. I know we have yeah. tickets for Marquette's session for sure. Where is um, what is the arena that they're playing that at? I don't recall off the top of my head, but I mean, whatever's in Hartford, you know. Yeah, what I mean, I'm trying to think what even. Who even would play in Hartford? Um, Hartford Arena. I think they just sort of have a catch-all arena for hosting things. Oh, like it's this. the X. It's the XL Center. Okay, it's where the it's where the the it's where UConn plays. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. The XL Center. I've heard of it. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. Back to the the matchup real quick. I mean, Belmont has the 41st best offense, according to Ken Palm, the 81st best defense. Um, They play kind of slow. Not super slow, but kind of slow. Are you talking talking about Murray State? You said Belmont. Did I? Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, so Murray State. I'm glad Marquette's not playing Belmont. I think I'd actually be... I'd be less excited if it was Belmont. I just never considered that an option because I was never sure that they were going to make the tournament. Sure. Um, I but mean, yeah. Murray, State's, Murray State's best defensive quality is that they run you off the three-point line, so we'll see if Marquette can solve that. Um, mm-hmm. Wow, that is really impressive. Yeah. Uh, they have a decent steal rate, decent block rate, decent two-point defense. Um, they have a pretty good effective field goal percentage defense. Uh, they don't turn you over a ton but definitely not a number to shake a stick at. Um, and, you know, uh, they don't foul you a ton either. So uh, they're, they're, they're a solid team. Um, you know, I think there's definitely going to be a way that Marquette can easily beat them. I think Mar- I personally think, you know, hot takes incoming. I think Marquette's going to win this by like eight or nine. Um, and I think yeah. John Morant's going to do John Morant things. And as long as the rest of the team cannot allow his teammates to uh, hit shots and, um, I think one of the one of Ben Snyder, one of the other writers for Anonymous Eagle, um, had a really good thread about uh, how John Morant plays and how Marquette's defense can uh, sort of handle him. So if uh, go find Ben on Twitter, I, I know Anonymous Eagle, the, the the site account retweeted him earlier today. So he had some really good insight on how the Marquette defense can beat Murray State handily, not handily, but you know, like very much not let it get out of control yeah um i don't know okay so my biggest thing is is john morant and then what is is i guess so the over the initial reaction is we're a five seed we're getting the best of the mid-major conference tournament uh winners the chances of getting a consensus top three draft pick in any of those teams in a given year is very low. And so it feels on the surface to have to deal with that. Um, feels like Marquette may have gotten hard done. But I think when you look at Murray State overall, they are a good mid-major team, but they aren't... As a team, they're not like they are like standout. Steph, they're not. They're not like Steph Curry's Davidson or anything. No, I mean, I guess 
they're very beatable. I mean, this is a team Jumper. that lost by 20 at Jacksonville State. It's a team no. that lost by 13 at home to Belmont. Like, yeah, I mean, this is they're fine. Yeah, no, they're they're a good team. I and just, they I have s- a great player. Yeah. Um, but do they have a ton of weapons outside of him? And can they slow Marquette if Marquette has you know three different players contributing offensively? I don't know. Probably not, because yeah. John Morant, John Morant's a good defender, but he's not great. Um, uh, so their their defensive stud is Shaq Buchanan, um, who's a, a senior guard. Um, he's sort of their answer to Sakar Anum's role on Marquette, mm-hmm. and I mean they don't have a ton of top level defenders outside of him. Um, and I mean like a big thing I'm noticing too as I'm scrolling sort of through their team stats is that uh they're not a particularly great three point shooting team, um. I mean, their best shooter is sh- shooting uh, 17 of 38. Hey, nice Fetty Wap reference. Um, <laughs> so 44.7% from the fee- or from three, but like John Morant um, is, you know, 34%. Shaq Buchanan's 34%. Um, Javion Eves, who looks like he gets substantial time or some time, is shooting 32%. Um, Tevin Brown, who's a freshman starter, shoots 37%. I mean, there's very manageable numbers there. Uh, So I think that as long as, you know, Marquette can utilize the fact that we have Theo John and Ed Morrow um, on the interior where it doesn't really look like they have anybody quite like them. Um, As long as we can utilize that and keep the lane closed and force them to take jump shots, I, I like our chances. Yeah. Um, I guess it's just the optics of like there was one team we knew had a player that could beat us single-handedly. Yeah, and it was just like, ah, do we really need to have that? And we had it. So I, I don't know what to say. I mean, it it was it was really dismaying um, to uh, to to see that draw. Um, and, but I think the odds of us losing to Murray state still are low. They're, yeah. They're I mean, it's, it's probably like a 65, 70% chance of victory. I would say. Yeah. I mean, um, there's a, there's a reason that we're a five and there's a reason there are 12 too. Uh, I think we have, we've obviously played the better teams. We had, you know, we were, play in a better conference um we've we've handled some of the adversity that has been dealt our way um so i think i think i feel it was like in in the moment like ah crap we have to play against john moran like oh god like in the moment it was miserable um as soon as i started thinking about it i went well it's probably not that bad so um i'm a lot more scared about the potential next opponent which is why i'm very much turning into a catamounts fan uh yeah, no, Come well, Thursday. yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, lifelong Catamounts fan over here. That's where my dad's family is from. So, um, yeah, because the Florida State uh, matchup is not one that would be con- considered good for Marquette. No. Um, Flo- the nice thing about Florida State is that they're a matchup problem for everybody. So if you're playing devil's advocate, maybe I'm being too cliche in saying that Florida State is a bad matchup for Marquette because a team with that kind of length, you can talk yourself into them being a bad matchup for anyone who relies on any sort of undersized players. But uh, Marquette really relies on one particular undersized player, and that undersized player will see quite a lot of length um, against Florida State. Um, It does not feel like a team to me that Marquette stands much of a chance against um the probably not the 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 way you'd talk yourself into it is if florida state's offense just kind of had a shut off kind of game yeah where I mean, it, their, their offense isn't i mean they have a top 35 no, offense it's but decent it's not it, great it, it, it it's their defense that wins them games right so yeah i i mean i don't i think 
I, I have a hot take incoming, so if you want uh, to... Clear out. Clear out. I ISO. Think, ISO hot take. So, I, I, I did some looking and, like... Um, so, I follow me on this backstory here, but I kind of fill out three types of brackets every year. I only submit one, and that's the one that I like to spend the most time on. But I do, like, a gut reaction, just, like, I'm looking at names on a page. I'm not staring at analytics. Just gut reaction, like, in the moment, I pick who I think will win. There's a what I want to happen bracket, so completely off the walls where, like, Marquette's winning it all and um, Wofford's in the final four and stuff like that, you know? Um, and that doesn't matter. And the one I spent the most time on is, you know, stare at the analytics and stuff. And as I was doing that, like, gut check, like, who do I think would win this game bracket, I picked Marquette. I think we can beat them. I know we've been harping on how miserable this matchup is, I think they're so beatable. Yeah. You know, I think that they have they have a team that is it's a good team um but it's not a team that has and gosh, it's tough to say this cuz uh Kevin Gailey has really started to emerge uh recently. Um but it's it's not a team that has like one guy that can really take a game over or that does take games over regularly. So it's a team that you could see them having a bad shooting game and kind of just uh, not being able to play with people. I mean, like they lost to Boston yeah. College and to Pitt. Like those are yep. teams that you shouldn't be losing to. Right. And I know that yes, like they it took them OT to beat LSU really early in the year on a neutral court. Yeah. They whomped up on Florida, who, I mean, we can debate how good Florida really is. They beat Purdue by one at home, lost to Villanova by six on a neutral court. Um, I just I just don't think you can underrate um, what they did to Virginia uh, yeah, last week. I, I agree, but, like, that was Virginia. Until that Virginia win, they had, won, they had beaten up on Miami, Clemson, Miami again, Georgia Tech, Finally beat Syracuse away, beat Louisville and OT away, but then it's Wake Forest, Georgia Tech, Clemson. Yeah, you're right. It's like not they, it's not the best teams in the conference. They, they didn't wow me in the ACC in ACC play. I mean, I know they lost to Duke by two. They lost yeah. to Virginia away, um, and they lost to North Carolina away. And then you know, sort of the, the two random like we, lo- we just lost we just lost to Duke, and then lost to Pittsburgh and Boston College right after that back to back like. I, nothing about this team, like, I understood what kind of mashup problems they'd be, but nothing about this team until that Virginia win in the ACC tournament screamed, like, wow, they're really good. Yeah, I, I just think it's a bit of a intimidation factor with them, just because they're all so big. Yeah, they're all huge. They're ju- it's it's the land of the giants, sort of sort of walking the earth and just sort of dominating because... I, I don't I don't even know how you you know come up with a collection of guys that and and the scary thing is so many of them take turns handling the ball it's just like it's it's really it's an intimidating matchup for any the fact that this I'll give them that the fact that this team can bring PJ Savoy and Phil Kofer off the bench is absurd like yeah, that's a, the, that's nuts I also love that they just have a seven four dude that occasionally contributes yeah like he plays less than 40% of the minutes, but they just have a 7-4 dude they can go to. Yeah, who it's, looks, a, it's nuts. Yeah, I mean, like, and, yeah, and Kevin Gailey is, like, the real game changer because that guy has... Him and Terrence Mann. Terrence oh. Mann is great. Terrence Mann is a great haircut, too. It yeah. is excellent. But, I mean, like, I was just... So I was thinking about it, though. Like, we can talk about how miserable they are as a matchup, but I just think we can do it. And uh, I kind of have an idea, too, uh, that I think we beat Florida State. And to be quite honest, I have it this notion in my head that Q's is, Syracuse is going to beat Gonzaga and then we're going to beat Syracuse and be somehow in the Elite Eight. I, I just, that's, that, that's the spicy one. That's, that, is, that is the goods right there. You have delivered the take, my friend. I just I um, think we can do it. Yeah. Uh, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna have to give you some pushback on that one. I just hate the matchup uh, for Florida State of Florida State, and I also don't think Syracuse is gonna be Gonzaga. Um, and I don't think we Marquette would have a chance against Gonzaga. Um, I I think Syracuse can do it, and then I think oh I think Syracuse can do it. I just don't think that they're actually as good at uh, at anything besides the fact that they play zone this year as as they have been in years past. They just really they've got a couple of dudes, but it just isn't it isn't peak Syracuse by any means, even like token crappy peak Syracuse. I suppose, but I don't know. Anyway, that that's my spicy take. Um, any other Marquette thoughts? Um, well, I don't know. I guess I feel like it's weird to sort of like look at this team now at this point with their future sort of very nicely laid out before us. Um, I really, honestly, don't see a path to any sort of like deep run um and i know you kind of outlined it um with uh it would probably require syracuse to be gonzaga um and i don't think that that's going to happen personally um but again i just think the florida state matchup is so difficult because it I just envision like Marcus Howard not get, not being able to get a shot off all game, and then like Sam Hauser like trying to do his normal like uh, tiny bit of space jumpers, and that space just not existing because it's like Terrence Mann like and his like long ass arms guarding him. It just like I, I'm just really not optimistic about the matchup. Um, it was interesting. I was listening to a couple of podcasts about, you know, general stuff today. Um, but one person thought that Theo John would be an X factor, um, which I really appreciated that shout out um, because I think Theo John um, could really contribute. But I, but I do think um, a lot of it comes down to Marcus Howard because Marquette's ceiling with healthy functioning Marcus Howard. Marcus Howard getting hot, it hasn't happened in a while where he's like really exploded. Um, and I think that's partly because he's been injured. Um, but Buffalo was a team that came into Milwaukee in December and really pushed Marquette and looked like a really fantastic veteran team. Um, matchup problems all over the place. And then Marcus turned a switch, and they won by 20. And so I think that that possibility still exists, that even if it's a team like Florida State, um, if, Marcus is, if Marcus gets in a rhythm, then there's still a chance that Marquette can beat anybody. Um, but again, I'm concerned that with his wrist that possibility doesn't really exist, um, I mean, especially all, all given valid how... points. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know. I just, I have a feeling it's going to shoot me in the foot. It's going to happen. I know that, but here we are. Yeah. Like I, I just have a hard time believing this team is going to make a deep run just matchup wise, but I, Hey, I'm very open to enjoying it. Um, yeah. I don't need to be right. I just need to enjoy it. So um, I'm hoping they do make a big run, um, but I'm not super optimistic about it. And um, the draw is part of it um, because, it, man, I don't know if it could have gotten any any more difficult, um, but I'm, I'm optimistic that they'll at least win a game. Um, and... I think that they are in a much better space uh, chemistry and overall uh, team-wise than they were during the losing streak. So I think that they realize that, you know, they've got a lot of adversity to push through and that they can make it happen. 
All right, sounds good. Uh, so I guess this is the part where we, we, we break for just a little bit, and then uh, we're going to come back with some general uh, tournament thoughts. All right, uh, tournament thoughts time. Um, well, gosh, where do we start? Um, here's so, here. I'll let's start with this. I have a question for you. Um, if you're filling out a bracket this year, um, how do you feel about the question of you usually to win your bracket need to pick the champion and the champion feels not obvious, but there's an overwhelming favorite to win the title this year. So do you think that you can talk yourself out of picking Duke to win it all and still feel like you're going to be competitive with your bracket? I, in my gut reaction, just in the moment bracket, I don't have Duke winning it all. I have okay. Duke in the championship game. Yeah, that's good. But I have Kentucky winning it all. Yeah. Um, that's interesting. I just, I, 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 I did like it that. sort of like um, when Andy was on a couple weeks ago and he was sort of like, I just looked at each matchup and went, who should win this? And sort of just like in the moment without considering analytics, I sort of ripped through that bracket this morning and uh yeah my, i mean my final four is tennessee kentucky round four um on one side of the bracket uh and then i have duke and texas tech on the other side so um duke has already beat tech this year um i don't see any they'll, they'll handle them just fine um and then I, kentucky wins a close one i just i think kentucky has something to prove when it goes up against duke again especially after the embarrassment to start the season um, you know, I, I just, I, I don't know. I think, I think Kentucky can do it. I, I, I understand why everybody's going to pick Duke and that's probably the smarter pick, but I think Kentucky can do it. So you then are on the side of pick someone other than Duke that you can, um, talk yourself into then. Yeah, I, I think that in the in this iteration of this year, I, I'm going to do everything I can to take the field over Duke, and then after I analyze it all and spend my time with it, if there's no other logical explanation but Duke, I'll pick him. But I can talk myself into any of Michigan State, Gonzaga. I think Florida State can beat Duke if they see him in the Final Four. I know we have recent results that sort of says that otherwise, but I think they can do it. I think Texas Tech can beat them. I have no confidence in Michigan doing it. Um, Virginia can. I doubt they would. Uh, Tennessee can. UNC can. Uh, Kentucky can. So I think that, like, there, there, there's enough teams that I think, especially if Duke has a bad shooting night, like, I think I'm much more confident in the field than I am in just going, yep, nope, Duke. Duke is it this year done yeah it's different than like Nova last year was such an easy pick because Nova came into the tournament just on fire and you went there's no way Nova doesn't make the final four so I I think this year as good as Duke is and as logical that it is to pick them I think I like the field better that's interesting um because I, I guess I think I, it probably depends on um, who, what uh, kind of percentage of t- people are picking Duke. Because um, if it's less than 50, I think you can probably talk yourself into like, all right, I can get a couple of other things right and make it work. Um, but if it's like 50%, like I was in a bracket pool last year where I thought Villanova was clearly the pick, but I didn't realize that Villanova was going to be as picked as it was. And then when, you know, all the champions pop up, uh, when you, when you, uh, when the brackets lock, like 60% of the people in my pool had taken Villanova. And I was like, Oh man, I hate this. Like, 
then Villanova won and it was okay. I didn't do well enough to get in the prize, but it, it, it's just like, it's difficult for me to say that Duke is going to lose to a particular team. Um, but I also think picking Duke puts a lot of pressure on you to get other things right. Um, and I would probably rather pick, I have Virginia right now. Um, that's not surprising to anyone who's talked college basketball with me this season. I, uh, I am a large fan of, as I like to say, watching the mover blockers, mover blocker. Um, and it's a very, I just, their offense is so fun to watch. Um, they play great defense. Um, I, I guess my biggest concern is the heck do they do with Kihei Clark, who's basically like having a small child be your point guard. Um, but besides that, um, I just really like the fact that they actually have a bona fide lottery pick this year. DeAndre Hunter does exist and will not hopefully go out with a mysterious wrist injury. Um, but yeah, I, I guess for Virginia, uh, I, so I have Virginia over Duke and I guess the question would be like, do I really realistically think that Virginia would beat Duke in the national championship game had given the Duke beat Virginia um, twice? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't know if I necessarily think that, but I also don't think I'm brave enough to take Duke to lose at any point besides that. So um, because, I, because Duke's region for me is so... They have a really nice region because yeah. every every other team in their region is so problematic. Um, Sparty yeah. Sparty is good, but I'm worried that they're going to have like six guys by the end of this because who knows if Nick Ward is fully healthy? They just lost Iron Aaron's. They've already lost Langford. Like. Yeah. I, I'm I'm worried that they're not going to make it to the finish line. I actually really like their team and I like their greatness. Like the way that they came back and beat uh, Michigan yesterday was awesome. But I just don't think you can rely on a team like that, especially when what you have to rely on them for is to to beat Duke. It's like yeah, and then the rest of that region is just. I mean, you can't talk me into anyone being anywhere near Duke. No, I mean this is the region where I think, and it's two of the. Uh, the more popular upset picks, I'm sure. But, I mean, everybody is sort of on a consensus that LSU is going to lose to Yale or to Belmont or Maryland, whoever they end up playing yeah. there. Like, um, and then you have... You Shout know, out Bel- to Temple, though. Yeah, Belmont or Temple. or <laughs> oh, I think no matter who wins that game, I think Belmont wins the Belmont-Temple game. But I hope so. I think they beat Maryland, and I, I wanna think... See, that- I want to see Rick Bird make a Sweet 16. I do too, um, and I actually have, uh, and probably a less popular pick, I have Louisville over Michigan State to go to the Sweet 16. That I would definitely characterize as less popular. Yeah. Um, and surprising, although then, they yes. did beat them earlier this year. Exactly. And then, uh, so I have Duke, Virginia Tech, Belmont, and Louisville. I don't think Virginia Tech can do it without, or with Zion in the equation, um, especially on a neutral court. Uh, so I have Louisville and Duke in my elite eight. Uh, I, I think that's Duke's to lose again. I think you're right. There's just, there's nobody in their region that I can comfortably pick over them. Um, I would be much more willing to bet. I'd bet a lot more money on Duke making the final four than I would them winning the national title. But I, you know, yeah, I mean, and maybe Duke's, that's not Duke's like path a, is so clear. Yeah. Um, you know, though. I feel like Virginia's path is really clear to the final four, too. I think they'll have a tough Elite Eight game, whether it ends up being Tennessee, Purdue, Villanova, whoever you want to put there. But I think that their first three games are exactly what you'd want if you have to sort of overcome a lot of initial pressure. 
because I'm not scared by Ole Miss or Oklahoma. Obviously, I mean, I know they lost to a 16 last year, but I don't think they'll be challenged by Gardner-Webb a whole lot. Um, And I really think that that pod below them that's led by Kansas State and Wisconsin has the potential to just completely combust. Yeah, that, I have that's, absolutely no idea who's coming out of that. No, I, I, I have both Oregon and UC Irvine winning in that okay. pod. That's um, see, yeah. I, well, it, the crazy thing about that pod is it's in San Jose. Yeah, like that's set up for Oregon and UC Irvine to have home court advantages. Right, over their they four gave and five. they gave massive regional advantages to the twelve and thirteen. Yeah, so you and went like, both there because I hate I hate going double double digit seeds because of how quickly it could backfire on you yeah um but i've been like really really considering it but i ended up just going with irvine and am moving the badgers out of there just because if there's one thing you can rely on it's the badgers like at least having a chance to win every game because they play so slow, unless they're just going to get blitzed by a team, but I don't think they're going to get blitzed by Oregon or Irvine. I think I think Oregon is just going to shoot the lights out. Oregon knows it has this like they're completely playing with house money. They shouldn't be in this tournament. Like my they, concern is that Oregon sucks at offense. I, Oregon shot real well against a tough Washington zone. Yep, they did. And but I'm I, just concerned. I just that... I like or I like Oregon in a game like that, especially if the even the half struggles continue like that just, yeah. Is... I mean, that's the real, that's the real thing is Wisconsin has not looked good for a little while here. No. Um, and then Kansas state without Dean Wade, just, you know, can't do it. Well, I, I have aesthetically just really not enjoyed Kansas state this year. I, I don't, I can't really get on board and yeah, you're right. Without Dean Wade, they really struggle. I mean, even with D- Dean Wade, when they played Marquette, it was just... Miserable. Yeah, they were really and, tough to watch. And UC Irvine plays very good defense. Sam, so, what would you say um, is your the upset pick, or maybe two or three, that you're riding with the most? Because I think that there's a lot that could be said about... Um, I know, I know Dickie V really went out on a limb last night during ESPN's uh, um, Bracketology show and uh, picked an Elite Eight of all ones and twos, which you just love to see. Like Classic Dickie V moves. I mean, what, a, what a time to be alive. Buddy, Buddy's just whining nonstop about UNC Greensboro not getting in the tournament, and then he really, really digs down into his mid-major... Uh, uh, knowledge and fills out an auto bracket for the elite eight. Uh, but yeah, no, I actually like all jokes aside, kind of think that that if there's one year where that's going to happen, I think we've talked about it. Like there are like seven or eight teams that are better than the other teams in the country, like very clearly. Um, and they're the one, the one through two seeds are basically that top tier. Yep. Um, so I actually think that that if there was a year that that would happen, it might be this year, and it might almost be worth picking that just to like nail a percentage and rely on the answers beyond that to to make it work. That said, I did not do that because I like to live dangerously a little bit. Who's your Who's your? So I don't have anything too controversial in my. My final four, as it stands right now, I have not filled out my final bracket yet. Well, so basically what I did is I I made some like first and second round picks that are a little, I like I have an occasional seed upset mixed in, but in three of the four regions, I ended up picking the one and two. And while in years past, I might have looked at that and been like, ah, man, that seems too predictable. It's just this this year it just really seems like k- talk me somehow into not picking North Carolina and Kentucky in that elite eight. Yeah, or, I, I have that yeah, too, so I get it. Talk me into not doing Virginia, Tennessee. It's like do Nova shooting, I guess, would be why or Cincinnati beating Tennessee in Cincinnati. Ah, Tennessee is like still feels like a really good team to me. So Basically, 
that was what I ended up doing, but then I got weird in the West. Well, the West is, the West is the bracket asking to get the weirdest. Because yeah, it's... But, but only in, like, the later rounds, because I actually think there's not a ton of upsets. I, Murray State is really the one where you'd be like, all right, they have John Morant, so they could game break. But beyond that, it feels like the eight... The top eight teams in that region are all actually really solid, I think. Yeah, um, I think you're right there. But then I but then I decided to get weird in the later rounds. Um, I have my, my regional final in the West is Florida State versus Buffalo. That is wild. So I yeah, so I got okay. weird with that one. Because well, because I have my, <coughs> my my Sweet Sixteen teams coming out of the West right now um, are Syracuse against Marquette and Texas it. Tech and Michigan. So like okay. pretty pretty standard on the bottom half, but definitely a little bit weird on the top. I have Marquette and Texas Tech playing in the Elite Eight, um, and maybe I'm a homer. Maybe maybe I'm just, you know got stars in my eyes here, but. I just look at that region and go, well, it only really takes, like, Nevada figuring their stuff out and whipping on Michigan. Um, or, like, Buffalo making a run against Texas Tech. Um, you know, Q's can upset Gonzaga. Like, all it takes is one of those weird things to fall for the yeah. path to just completely open for Marquette to make an Elite Eight or Final Four run. Like, yeah, for sure. Um, I think well, they gotta beat Florida State. Which... Yeah, I yes, I agree with that, but... Um, you know, and we, we ran through that already, but like, I think it's a tough draw to be in, but it also allows for a lot of variance in who we see next. Um, so I, I think that that's a pretty good region to be in if you want a little bit of chaos and like maybe Marquette can be the benefactor of that chaos. Yeah. I mean, if you want a little upside, I would say, because I think that in the other brackets, the one and two are clearly head and shoulders above with very few questions better than the rest of the teams i think the only other one like like the east with duke and michigan state i I do have michigan state losing early but i agree otherwise yeah um and then i do have virginia and tennessee with tennessee winning that in the south um but i think that the only other one that offers a lot of weirdness to me is the midwest bracket and this is a spoiler for an article that's going to go up uh, sometime either today or tomorrow that I'm writing for uh, Anonymous Eagle. But you're looking at like a UNC Washington second round that could get maybe a little weird if Washington doesn't play like they get against Oregon. Well, um, yeah. Well, I mean, but, my, but, my problem with that is that I'm worried that Washington is just not playing well at all. And Utah State feels like a better team than you'd usually play in an 8 9 game. That's that's fair, but I think that where it really opens up is that like you're looking at Kansas and Auburn um, I can both make a run. I think Auburn's actually more poised to upset people, but if Kansas wins, that's UNC Kansas in Kansas City. Like that's that's wild. And then on the bottom half you have Iowa State, Houston, Wofford and Kentucky. I think that I think Wofford will beat Seton Hall. I Kentucky won't lose. Iowa State. Yeah, I was I was really bummed yesterday yeah. when Wofford drew Kentucky. Yeah, that one hurt because I wanted them so badly to draw a team that I felt like I could easily take them against, and Kentucky just it's really not it. it. Yeah, so like I do have UNC Kentucky in my Elite Eight, but like UNC Auburn or UNC Kansas before that could get really weird, especially in Kansas City if it's Kansas, and then you have either of Houston or Iowa State could win that game. Um, and then Houston or Iowa State versus Kentucky could get weird. Like, I think that offers a lot of weirdness too, but it, I don't think it, it opens up as early as the West does, where, like, I think Gonzaga versus Q's really makes things really awkward. But um, I, I still have the one and two in that bracket, but I think that that's one of the, the, the regions that can really, like, you could potentially throw a dart at any of the top five seeds and go, yeah, that team's coming out of this. Yeah, but I do think, and then I guess I, I I do think generally that picking ones and twos is actually pretty smart this year. Um, but the West is one where I think you probably have the shakiest one and the shakiest two are both in that region. 
and you've got like really strong three through six. So yeah. for me, I are you? I mean, I know Nevada sort of laid an egg at the end of the season, but that's still a pretty strong seven. Well, yeah, I mean, if you can get Nevada to um, to Anah- Anaheim, I think it's Anaheim. Yeah, right? well, it's in if Anaheim. You, if you can get Nevada to Anaheim, they'd be scary potential Final Four sleeper. Um, I just am kind of. I mean, maybe they haven't really given a crap in their most recent games. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm still very variable with that bracket, honestly, because there's a lot of scenarios I like. I mean, I've as I said, I really like Buffalo. Um, because Florida State, yeah, and then Florida State could definitely come out of that region too. Yeah, I mean, I know I, it might be kind of not the way you should do it, but, I mean, the reason I have Florida State over Gonzaga is – they literally did that last year. Like <laughs> that was the it's a it was the same deal Gonzaga was the one in the west and Florida State went and got them. Uh so I think Gonzaga was the one in the west. Yeah. Um yes. Yeah, and Florida State was the four. No, nope, Gonzaga was not the one in the west. Xavier was the one in the west. And Gonzaga How do I was the two. Gonzaga was uh, the two. A four. Oh no, yeah, they were like a four last year, which is yeah. wild. Yeah, Gonzaga must have been a four, because Florida State made the Elite Eight as a nine seed. Um, oh yeah, because yeah. that, that 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 was when Florida State beat Xavier, right? Um, yeah, in the the second round, right? Uh, and then and then yeah, Gonzaga, then, and then Gonzaga. lost to Michigan, and Leonard Hamilton had that sketchy press conference right um, right yeah um but i i don't know i just yeah i i don't know it may be picking florida state is a little too um history doesn't usually repeat itself like that um but well michigan's playing montana for the second year in a row in the first round so maybe it does yeah are they really Yep, it's so strange. Michigan is a three last year, played Montana, who was a 14. Now Michigan's a two, and Montana's a 15. Poor Montana. Yeah. That's so that's so tough. Two straight years of John Beeline. Yep. Uh, and then, like, you know, Gonzaga and Florida State seem destined to meet um, again, which is interesting. And then, um, you know, I think, God, any of, the, any of Buffalo, Texas Tech, Nevada, and Michigan can come out of the bottom half of that bracket to me. That's the thing is, yeah, I mean, who who knows? I, I think I have the, the top eight seeds winning all the games in that region in the first round, and I think you could put any of the eight in the next round. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think you could probably put, I mean, maybe not Syracuse, but you could probably put any of the eight in – the elite eight too and that 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 region is going to be fun yeah. i'm kind of glad marquette's a part of it although i i worry that they're only going to be a part of it to get crushed by florida state's length and it'll seem like they never really were a part of it i can't you can't know till they play the games i guess yeah i i hope i hope that i hope that i'm wrong um right. i guess any, uh... Well, I was going to say, like, who is your, who is your, I guess, if you had to pick, I'm just like some quick rapid fire stuff here. Sure. Um, if you had to pick one dark horse team to make a final four run, who is it? Well, uh, so I've got Florida State. That's, we've talked about that a lot. Okay. Um, I, Buffalo, I guess, would be the other team I would say, just because that team is so uh they play so well as a unit and are so experienced and yeah and again like another team like that would be Nevada who basically made a mini version of that run last year before they ran into Sister Jean um and even though they canceled yes Sister Jean is canceled <laughs> apparently uh and Nevada uh you know even though they kind of have laid an egg down the stretch here um, they still have a um, uh, decent draw 
if they can beat Michigan, who I think is super suspect, they get to the West, um, and they they're super experienced. That's the kind of team that I would like in a Final Four sleeper is a team like Buffalo and Nevada that are super old um, and have had some sort of recent experience in the tournament as well. Um, Michigan I worry about in that side just because of the challenges that those like the three teams that they like if they, they play Nevada in theory um, who is one of the oldest most experienced teams in the country and has at least one first round pick on their team um, and then they either have to play basically their their counterpart in Texas Tech those two teams are probably the two most defense extreme teams in the country and or Buffalo who is just like the super veteran team it's just a really tough path for Michigan I don't envy that um, because there are a couple of teams down there that really really um, can mess mess with you um outside of the west though um I kind of like the idea, and I don't think that they're going to do it, but I kind of like the idea of Cincinnati. Um, the fact that they, they get, get to, to play in Columbus against Tennessee is almost criminal. Yeah, that's not fair. That's um, how, that's what happened when we Marquette played South Carolina. Yeah, and, then and South then Carolina played that's what Duke. happened to Duke. Yeah. Um, I guess if I had to pick my weird dark horse for a final four run. I think Auburn's really hot right now. Obviously it's easy yeah. to say that, but I, if, if Auburn's going to hit shots, they can beat UNC. They can beat Kentucky. You know, they, they did that. Um, I really would have taken New they Mexico Kentucky, state in different circumstances. Um, yeah. But I really like what Auburn's doing right now. I agree. Um, and then like, I if think there was a different five, I could have talked myself into New Mexico state. New Mexico state would beat like Wisconsin, but um, I think that right now Auburn's just too hot. Um, I think my other sleeper Final Four team, um, I, I'd have to agree with you. I think uh, Cincinnati is an interesting discussion. Um, yeah. Because I'm, I'm I think too scared to do it though. Yeah, I'm not going to call it because I like Tennessee too much, but I I, I think yeah. that's an interesting thought to have. Um, I guess, and then one more before we go. Um, unless you have any questions for me, but who is your, 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 your favorite first round upset pick? And not like, I think this is going to happen, but something that you think is kind of out there wild. That would be really funny. Um, I kind of like the idea of the, the Yale over LSU. I don't pick 14 seed upsets usually. And by usually me, I mean, I don't. Um, but you could talk me into that one because I'm not sure LSU is going to be able to win a game based on their coaching situation. And if they go up against a disciplined team like a Belmont, um, which is what I'm hoping happens. Um, so that said, I think I could see myself taking Yale over LSU, even though I won't do it because the risk reward is probably not good enough there. Um, I don't know. I have the UC Irvine upset. That's my, that's my most um, lopsided pick. Uh, but I'm pretty, outside of that, I'm pretty, as far as first round upsets go, I'm pretty light on first round upsets this year. Um, I don't think I took any five twelves. No, I didn't. Um, I, I took the I took the Oregon five twelve. Right. Yeah, but and I, I that one feels that one feels trappy to me. I know Wisconsin hasn't been good, and I know Oregon's won like seven or eight in a row. But I, that one feels like is the Pac twelve actually good? Kind of conversation, um, and I, I totally could see Oregon doing that, but. I've picked against Wisconsin in first rounds before, and that usually hasn't worked out well for me. <laughs> There's something about their style that minimizes their upset their potential. I suppose that's fair. Um, I guess the, the most radical one I have, at least right now, 
Um, I've been throwing the caveat that my final bracket's not done yet, but yeah. I'm very intrigued by the possibility of the Old Dominion over Purdue upset. Man, I was just looking at that and being like, oh, I actually it's could say that so one. tempting. Yeah. But um, I think that's the wildest one I have picked. Um, I did take the Oregon upset. Um, I do have the UC Irvine upset. Um, I went chalk in... Uh, I have the Yale upset as well, I guess, but I went chalk in the west to start um i took washington over utah state eight nine doesn't really count um but i don't know i just i think that that old dominion purdue is just like ripe pickings for the the 14 over three yeah in addition to yale over lsu it's kind of crazy like i had been telling myself that i wasn't going to let nova um you know, sucker me in given how bad they've been in stretches. Um, but I was like very quickly like, Oh yeah. Villanova versus Purdue. Yeah. I, I like Villanova there. Um, and maybe I'm underrating Purdue, but also I think we've talked about Carson Edwards uh stat line before. Um, maybe as recently as the last podcast, and it is not my favorite. He is not my not my favorite kind of player, the way he volumes it. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. What, can we want to go over our Final Fours again? Sure. I, have, I have Duke, Florida State, Virginia, and Kentucky. Very ACC heavy. Yes. Uh, so I have Duke, Texas Tech, Tennessee, and Kentucky um, with that subject, subject to change. Yeah, mine as well. Um, although I don't see myself moving Duke, Virginia, or Kentucky. It's just a question of how bold I stay in the West. Yeah, um, I think the West is <coughs> the most likely to change for me. I think um, my Tennessee instead of your Virginia. Um, I think I'm pretty stout on that pick as well. But uh, you know, we'll see. Yeah, we shall see. Um, okay uh anything else um not right now no check uh, out anonymouseagle.com for coverage throughout the week um we'll probably be back um at some point um either recapping thursday's game or um potentially uh waiting until after saturday i don't know exactly it's also results dependent probably um I am expecting, though, a fantastic game on Thursday, which, if all else fails and Marquette gets fully screwed by the draw of Murray State, it's at least going to be an exciting game because of the talent on both sides. So I guess that's an unfortunate silver lining, but it's a silver lining nonetheless. Um... But yeah, uh, wow, March Madness is back. Marquette's actually favored. Um, what a Mar- time. Marquette's a good seed now, too. Mar- yeah, what a time to be alive. Marquette is, Marquette is fully participating in the tournament again, and uh, now you can uh, completely uh, enjoy that once again, and that's so much more than you could say for the better part of the last five years. So yeah. and, get uh, psyched folks well yeah and just as we close out um we we've been harping on this for a little while now especially after andy came on but it's been a great season even if we do get upset by murray state like do you want it to end a little bit better than losing six of seven sure um but it's been a great season you know we're looking forward to next season um and how the team improves but you know no matter how this year finishes up um it's been fun basketball it's been heartbreaking at times it's been tough to watch at times but it's been a, a really good season i don't think that any sort of result in the tournament is indicative of what type of season it is it's been great um the team's been very good we have an all-american point guard who can just light it up we have one of the most consistent rosters in the big east um so enjoy basketball is what i'm saying here is that like i'm not going to be absolutely i'm going to like be sad the market when marquette goes out of the tournament but i'm not going to oh, be yeah. like the world is ending because we lost to Murray State. No, the basketball is going to be how you save the good um, yes. over the next uh, three weeks. So really enjoy that. Um, 
especially if sort of that chalky Elite Eight comes to pass. Uh, there will be some very good basketball games. Yep. So I guess uh, until you hear from us next time. Yep. Uh, go Marquette.